Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, Luke 2, 8 through 20. Last weekend, we talked about Jesus' birth and what that looked like and, and how that process, how to have peace in the midst of chaos in your lives. Today, we're going to continue with that story. Right after where we picked up off last week, it says this, that night, in a field near Bethlehem, that night being the night that Jesus was born, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah, for you will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all that they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Oftentimes in scripture, when you're reading scripture, it's easy for us to ask God, why, do, why this, God? Why would you do this? Why would you, you know, why would you choose to send a child to a virgin? Why would you choose for that baby to be born in a manger? Why would you choose all of these things? But I think sometimes the question more than why that we need to ask is, why not? Why not, God? Why didn't you do it differently? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you? And I think it's in that that sometimes we begin to see the character and the nature of God. So the question I have for you today is why the shepherds? Why the shepherds? Isn't it amazing that God chose to announce the coming of his son through shepherds? That's pretty, you think he would go to King Herod. King Herod, for those of you who know the story at this time, is killing all of the babies under two years old. He's heard that there is a king prophesied to be born, the king of all kings. And Herod gets mad and says, what we're going to do is we're going to kill all the male children under two years old so that this king, if he's being born, cannot ever take my throne. Okay, why wouldn't the angels appear to him and go like, hey, Herod, stop killing people. There's nothing you can do. Like, if I'm God, that's what I'm doing. I'm sending the angels to Herod. They're showing up, kicking in Herod's door, and having a face-to-face -face with Herod, where Herod goes, okay, he's the real king. He can do whatever he wants to do. Why the shepherds? Shepherds in this time was not, this was not a, a, an esteemed career choice. No one chose to be a shepherd. The shepherds were dirty. They were the, they were the biblical time pirates, okay? They were dirty. They lived in fields. They were rough. They were, they were, they were oil-filled workers tending sheep how many of you ever worked in the oil field 
Okay, imagine if those same people were tending sheep. That's what the shepherds were. I'm from South Louisiana. I grew up in the oil field world. All of, if you grew up in South Louisiana as a Cajun, your first job is the oil field. Everybody's first job is the oil field. And um, it, is a, it is a unique group of people that you meet in the oil field. And, and um, they are, they were, the, they were, that's what shepherds were, okay? Why them? They were a ragtag group of farmers. They were out there just doing what they had done every day, just being rough, being dirty, out there drinking natty lights and smoking cowboy killers, you know, just, what do you think is going to happen today? I don't know. Maybe we'll get more sheep. I don't know. More sheep, any more natty lights? This was, yeah, Exactly. This was what the shepherds were doing. So why them? When God looked down on the landscape of all humanity, from nobility down to the poorest of the poor, why would he choose for the angels to come to the shepherds? I think it's important for us to understand why. The premise of this whole message today is why would he choose to appear to the shepherds? I want to give you three reasons why today. If you're taking notes, you can title this for them. He came for them is number one. He came for them, the ordinary, the hurting, the broken, the outcast. Jesus, even in his appearance, wanted people to know that he wasn't coming for those that had it all figured out. He was coming for those who were yet to come. He was coming to those that thought they were less than. He was coming to those that were underprivileged. He was coming to those that were trying to figure it out. He was coming to the outcasts of society to show people, you're who I exist for. Or later on in scripture, Jesus says, I don't come for the, the healthy and the whole. I come for the sick. I believe even in the church, that's what God calls us to do is to be a hospital for the sick and the broken. Listen, if you're here and you've got it all figured out today, this is the wrong church for you. Because we don't have it all figured out. Okay? I don't have it all figured out. Nobody got it all figured out. And if they got it all figured out, they're a liar. Okay? I'm, I'm serious. I think it's so funny. Sometimes people go like, Pastor, if I, just, if I could just be like you, I'm like, you don't know what it's like to be like me. So you don't want that, I promise, okay? Whatever issues you think you have, I also have my own issues. <laughs> I also have all of my struggles. I also, all of us are figuring it out. And Jesus goes, the reason I came wasn't for people that had it all figured out. It was for those who were yet to figure it out. The broken, the sick, the hurting, the shepherds in the field. Christianity is not about us having it all figured out. Christianity is about God meeting us in our everyday life. What was it that he wanted to show? That God was capable of showing up in the ordinary. God's capable of showing up on your Mondays, your Wednesdays, your Fridays, not just on your Sundays when you're sitting here in church, but all throughout your week when your ordinary mundane life is happening is when oftentimes God wants to show up and use you the most. Isn't it amazing another night where they're out there tending sheep, doing the things they've done their whole lives, and eternity opens up and a moment stops that will change the world forever, and the armies of heaven appear. Now, I, obviously it is scary because he had to tell them, don't be scared. Have you ever met someone that said they met an angel? Okay, as a pastor, I hear this like a lot. Like maybe you're like, really? I hear it like a lot of times. And people will go, Pastor, an angel showed up to me. I'm like, well, what happened? Like, well, we just sat there and talked. We just, you know, had a bottle of Aquafina together. And it was just, I'm like, well, that's funny. Because every time angels ever appeared to anyone in scripture, they were like, hold on, don't die. Okay, just wait. We know this is too much for you to fathom right now. But give us a second. We're not here to kill you. <laughs> They obviously were scary because he tells them, hey, don't be scared. I'm coming to give you good news. 
How many know the gospel is good news? If when you heard the gospel, it wasn't presented to you as good news, I want to apologize to you on behalf of all of the church. The gospel is good news. It's not a list of rules and requirements that you can't live up to. It's a savior who's willing to come to the least of the least, to the shepherds in the field, and announce his birth to them. God wants to meet you. He came for them. His name was Bill. He had wild hair, wore a t-shirt with holes in it, jeans and shoes with no socks. This was his wardrobe during four years of college. Though mildly eccentric, he was a brilliant person. He became a Christian while attending college. Across the campus was a traditional church. They wanted to develop a ministry to students, but they weren't sure how to go about it. One day, Bill decided to go to worship there. He walked in with his wild hair, his T-shirt with holes in it, his jeans and shoes with no socks. The service had already started, and Bill started down the aisles looking for a seat, but the church was full. By now, people were looking a bit uncomfortable, but no one said anything. Bill got closer and closer to the front when he realized there was no seats. He just sat down right on the floor. Although perfectly acceptable behavior at a college fellowship, this had never happened in this church. By now, the people were really uptight. Tension in the air was thick. People were asking, what is he doing? Where, why is he sitting there? Is, is he safe? He looks a little crazy. A deacon slowly made his way toward Bill. This deacon was in his 80s, a distinguished man with a silver gray hair and a three-piece suit. He walked with a cane. Everyone thought you can't blame him for what he's going to do. How could you expect a man of his age and background to understand some college kid thinking he can worship sitting on the floor? It took time for the man to reach the boy. The church became utterly silent except for the clicking of the man's cane on the tiled floor. All eyes focused on him. When the elderly deacon got next to the boy, he dropped his cane to the floor. With great difficulty, he lowered himself and asked Bill, Mass it with you? The man sat down next to Bill and worshiped with him so he wouldn't be alone. This is what the birth of Jesus means. This is Jesus coming down to the lowest of the low and going, I know you think maybe you're out of place. I know you think maybe you're too messed up. I know you think maybe you don't have it figured out. But, but can I be with you? Can I spend time with you? This is who Jesus came for. Number two, good news isn't just for me. Good news isn't just for me. Luke 2, 15 and 16. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. And so they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a feeding trough. How many of you are shoppers? How many big shoppers? Just two of you. I was going to give everyone a free shopping spree, so I don't know. I mean, I just, how many of you are shoppers? Yeah, all of a sudden now hands up. I, I have friends that are like big shoppers. I'm not huge into fashion. I have friends that are huge into fashion. And they'll send me, I'm in these group texts, and they'll send me stuff that's like, hey, you got to go online right now. You can get like four pairs of shoes for $200. I'm like, well, I wouldn't spend $200 on like one pair of shoes. So like, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't spend it on five pairs of shoes. I don't know why. No, no, you got to go get this deal. You ever see, my favorite is, um, I don't know if this is legal or illegal, so maybe we need to stop the tape, but um, like if you ever go on a website, there's these websites you can go to and like search for like discount codes on other websites. So if you go and like, I need a discount code, you know, for, for I don't know, buying a TV, 
And they'll be like, okay, you know, put this code. This will give you 50% off. This will give you this much off. This will give you this much off. And you just plug it in there, and it's, it's a good news website. I like that website. That website is good news for me. I love deals like this. And when I'm somebody who's sold on something, i got to tell everybody about it. I pray one day you have the opportunity to come with me to my hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana, because when you come with me, I provide the most cinematic adventure, the, the most cinematic culinary adventure, the most cin- I tell you everything, you get a history lesson, because I love that culture. That's what, that's what I'm out of, that's what raised me, that's who created me, and we go back there, and I tell people, no, 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 listen, you think you've had a po' boy, I'm going to take you to the best po' boy you've ever had in your whole life. Do you know what they leave there saying? They're texting people, I had the best po' boy I've ever had in my whole life. You got, if you ever come here, you got to try this place. And then I go, listen, you think you've had boudin. Let me take you to the best boudin you've ever had in your whole life. Uh, when they leave there, people go like, I'm moving. I've mo- this is actually, I feel kind of bad. I have moved personally more people to Lafayette, Louisiana. Just coming down, guys would come with me in the Air Force. They'd leave there. They'd go, there's, there's heaven, and then there's Lafayette, Louisiana right under it. I don't know if it gets any better. I mean, it's just the food, the people. Y'all are the great, nicest people. Y'all have the best football teams. I mean, everybody just, okay, well, they don't always say that, but. I am a salesman, and when there is good news, I want to tell people. I think it's important to notice that that the shepherds in this moment didn't just go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Crack another natty, baby. Let's party and celebrate Jesus this year. They ran to tell the others. They ran to the villages to go, hey, listen, we've got some great news for you. We've got some amazing news for you. Hey, do you know when Jesus does something in your life, when he shows up in your life, it demands that we go out and tell people what he's done for us. It demands that we go out and tell them how good of a God that we serve. It demands that we show them, hey, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what circumstance you're in currently, I know a way that your whole life can change. When Jesus shows up in your situation, it demands that we go and tell the good news isn't just for me. Number three, when Jesus shows up, we're always changed. We're always changed. Luke 2.20, the shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God. Now remember this. Okay, these are a rough group of people. They weren't praising God. Jesus showed up and they continued praising God. Okay, that's not what happened. They were being shepherds doing their thing. Jesus showed up and something happened inside of them. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. And what did they do? They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves. Just like the angel had said. How many of you know when Jesus shows up in your life, he always brings change? Oftentimes, people think you have to change to come to Jesus. You've got to change your life to get close to Jesus. I talk to people all the time, and I go, man, you should come check out the church. I go, Pastor, I just got to clean some things up in my life before I go in the church. You know what I mean? Walls might fall down if I walk in there. Like, well, you'd be the first person it ever happened to, I promise. I just got to clean up my life a little. I just need Jesus didn't show up to the shepherds and go, hey, listen. The angels didn't show up and go, listen, you got like a week, get it together. I got some big news. I'm going to come back in a week and you guys be ready. It's going to be awesome. So, but cut out some of the natties, some of the cowboy killers, you know, be nice to each other. I'll be back in a week. 
Jesus shows up exactly like we are. And the whole point of a relationship with Jesus is not to change and come to Jesus. It's to begin a relationship and to allow him to change you from the inside out. It's a great place to clap. Hey, last week, a guy was sitting back here. He goes, Pastor, sometimes I'm just like, I want to say amen. Pastor, there's so many white people, and they're just looking at me like. (laughs) So I want you to know it's okay to say amen. It's okay to say like, wow, that's good. Like, man, that's okay to say. (laughs) I literally, I love that. I thought of that all week long. Hey, your proximity to Jesus will directly correlate to the change in your life. What does that mean? It means the closer I am to Jesus, the more I look like Jesus and less like me. You've heard me say before, my prayer every morning is, God, more of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. I want to look more like you to people, Jesus, and less like Christian. When I show up, I want people to experience you, not me. That doesn't make me better than anyone else. That makes me better than me. Jesus helps me be better than me. You ever meet people that get Jesus and then they're better than you all of a sudden? Maybe you had different friends than me, but I had a lot of those friends. And like the one moment in life that they got like spiritual, then they were like, all of a sudden I was horrible, you know? Like they walk in like, huh, you still play video games all day. Well, I've just been reading my Bible, so. Like you were just here with us last week playing video games all day. Like I don't... Being close to Jesus doesn't make me better than anyone. The shepherds weren't now the elite authority and the supreme moral authority on everything that happened in Jerusalem and in Israel. It made them better than them. Jesus comes to make us better than us. And my proximity to Jesus directly correlates to the change in my life. The closer I am to Jesus, the more like Jesus I become. Joey's, I close, you can come up. My heart in this season is that us, like the shepherds, would embrace the good news. That this wouldn't be another Christmas that we just do our Christmas things and have our trees and do our, all the fun stuff that we do. And Let me just pause real quick because i got to see how many of you really love the Lord. Um, how many of you have a real tree in your house? How many of you are real, tri- real tree people? You got a real tree? Wow. Wow, we just need to pray that everyone gets saved at this moment. Listen, if you don't have allergies or you are deeply allergic to a real tree, why would you have a fake tree? Like, yes, but that's the beauty of the Christmas season. You're going to spend it somewhere. People go, people always go, Pastor, there's just pine needles everywhere. I'm like, and I love it. I walk on them barefooted. And I'm like, you know what? Because only for this month of the year am I going to have to walk on these pine needles. I just... I just love the, I love the traditions of Christmas. I love all of it, but my hope would be that in the midst of tradition, in the midst of all that we have this year, that we wouldn't forget Jesus still came during this moment, not for us to give him presents and celebrate, but for us to go out and tell the world how amazing that he is. That in the midst of your life, you would be able to stop and go out and remind the world around you of how awesome of a God that you serve. That like the shepherds, the life change that takes place inside of you would translate to your world, to your work, to your family, to your friends. There's a a man in our church, he's not here today, but he texts me about three times a week and he'll go, I just can't believe what God is doing in my life. Like I've never wanted to get up and read my Bible. I've never wanted, he's like, what do you think about, he's asking me all these theological questions and getting so, and he goes, I've just never been this excited about this. 
And it was in a conversation like that with him this week, I realized this is what God called the shepherds to do. Experience a life change that they were so excited about they had to go out and tell people. Experience a moment where eternity shifted that they go, I can't keep this news to myself. This cell is too good. I've got to go out and tell the world how awesome this cell is. You're not going to believe what happened. A Savior is here. A Savior is here who will change everything. Who will, who will pull the divide down. The curtain between us and God will pull it down. And now my merit with God isn't based on how good or bad I am. It's based on how good and amazing Jesus is. That is the good news. Listen to me. If you got sold to Christianity that you had to be really good to get close to God, that's not Christianity. That's religion. Christianity is Jesus is so good and so I get to be close to God. Because Jesus paid a sin bill that I incurred that I could never pay myself, I get to be close to God. This is what he calls us to do. He calls us to be worshipers. I love that the shepherds went back and probably people that had never worshipped in their whole life begin to worship. New things happened inside of them. Life change was taking place inside of them. And they begin to worship maybe for the first time ever. I believe that he calls us to be catalysts for change. Catalysts for change. I'm enamored by people. People, I, I, I love, like I'm a people watcher. You guys people watchers. I can sit in the airport for days and just watch people. I watch people argue. I watch people fight. I watch people, it doesn't matter. I just, watch, I just want it. Sometimes I cheer it on. You ever, I know it's bad, but like air, airport drama is the best. If like people, their bags are hitting and then like they look at each other and there's tension. And then like sometimes I just like kick the bag into the other bag. And then like, you let your bag hit my bag one more time. I'm like, he wants to fight. He said, let it happen one more time. You wouldn't do anything about it. I just love the airport drama. I don't know. I'm sorry. Some, if I'm walking through the airport, I'll miss a flight to see a good airport fight. Like, I know it's horrible. I feel bad about it. But it's like, it's like y'all watch soap operas or something. I just watch airplane drama, airport drama. Just, I've yet to see somebody get kicked off of a plane, but I'm hoping for Christmas maybe. I'm just, I'm joking. It's a joke. About 85% of it's a joke. <laughs> um, I, I love watching people. And I'm enamored by the change that people can have, the effect they can have on people when something happens in their life. You ever see people that are so magnetic, they walk in a room and just everything changes? I've got friends that I'm envious of. They're just like, they're not the smartest guys. They're not the coolest guys. They're not the best looking guys. They're not the most accomplished guys. But when they walk in a room, everything changes. They light up the room. All of a sudden, everything gets better. Yo, he's here, he's here, whoa. Everybody gets excited. I believe that God calls us to be catalysts for change. That when we walked into rooms, the joy and the life and the excitement of what Jesus has done in our life would translate to those around us. That they would experience that excitement. That they would see that life change. And that this Christmas, it wouldn't just be another great Christmas, but people would realize, whatever they have, I want that present. That's what I want to encounter. I believe he calls us to be worshipers. I believe he calls us to be catalysts for change. And then I believe he calls us to be spreaders of good news and of great joy. Good news and of great joy. I was talking to a guy in our church this week, and he asked me, why did you come to Tomball, Texas to do Valley Rise Church? It's kind of a random place to come, you know. Houston, maybe. But why Tomball? When we started the church, everyone said, y'all are going to go downtown and do, like, cool, vibey coffee shop church, right? And I said, no, I want to go up to Tomball. 
Like, why Tomball? I don't know. I just feel like that's where God's calling us to go. And he said, why would you want to go to Tomball? I said, you know, my whole life I experienced church. Growing up in church, my father has a large church in South Louisiana, about 12,000 people across six campuses meeting today. Could have been there. Could have been anywhere. I, 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 I experienced church my whole life. And I realized something about people. I realized that most people loved God, but they didn't like church. They wanted to be close to Jesus. They wanted a relationship with God. But oftentimes it was the church that was the barrier to what God wanted to do in people's lives. And I said, I want to go someplace where I can create a church that's good news and great joy. That people will experience the good news of Jesus and the great joy of doing relationships with like-minded people. And that when they experience that, it will change everything for them. How many of you know that's God's goal for the church? It's to be a place where people experience great joy and good news. Where they get close to Jesus and he changes them from the inside out. The goal of church is not to change people. It's to get them close to Jesus and to allow him to change people. That's... Think about that tonight when you lay on your pillow. That's really, really deep. And it's really, really important. Because you don't come to a church to change and get better. You come to a church to get close to Jesus and the people of Jesus. And when you do that, it transforms you. The conversations I have with people who love Valley Rise tell me this. I didn't know there was relationships out there like these. Never have I had relationships and friendships like this until I got to Valley Rise. Never did I know that people cared about me and could walk life with me in my highs and in my lows until I got into a place like this. That's the goal of what God wants to do in all of us. It's his goal for the shepherds. His goal for the shepherds was experience something in a moment that you take out into the rest of your lives and it changes the world. Hey, I think the shepherds did a pretty good job because we're here. If the shepherds don't go out and tell, if the shepherds don't go out and start talking about what God has done, who knows? Oftentimes people will ask me, how do you know the gospel is true? And I say, it would be impossible for it to still exist the way it exists if it was a lie. It just wouldn't be possible. People wouldn't die for a lie. People wouldn't give their lives to do this. I believe that it's in that moment the shepherds walked in the fullness of their calling to go out and tell the world about an amazing God. And I believe this Christmas he has the same goal for us. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for who you are. Jesus, we do celebrate you. We celebrate this moment in his history, the moment where eternity was shifted and you came into existence. God, that you changed the whole world through a baby. You chose to announce it through these shepherds. God, if you could use them, we know that you can use us. Not just on Sundays, but on our Mondays and our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays. and our God, our, our ordinary you want to show up in. God, I pray that you would show up in our ordinary this year. That where we have tradition and maybe the same old, same old and that you would show up and do something supernatural inside of us this Christmas. God, I pray that we would worship you. We would be spreaders of the good news. That what you do in our lives doesn't just stay for us. That we go out and share it. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here today.
that you go, Christian, I've encountered religion. I've encountered church. I've encountered church, but I've never had a relationship with Jesus. But today, I want to start that relationship. Today, I realize the need I have for that relationship. Not to be a better person, but to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray with you. If you would, would you just slip your hand up so we can pray together? Slide it up. Amen. Amen. You're saying, that's me, Christian. I want to start that relationship today. Amen. You put your hands down. We're going to pray this prayer. You can say it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. You can pray it under your breath. As long as you mean it would be my ask. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize my need for you. I realize that you are good and that you do love me. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. A life I never could have lived. And then I believe that you died a death that I should have died. So that I wouldn't have to. I believe that you paid my sin bill for me. And then I believe that you rose from the dead. To give me new life and hope and freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to love you, to serve you, and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Hey, um, got a couple announcements for you today. Um, one, the ornament gift. I've had a couple of you text me. The ornament gifts are due next week, December 15th. Um, the NAM gifts were due today, but listen, if, you've, if you didn't finish them today, bring them back next week. We'll get them to them. Uh, we are having a Christmas party on the 20th. We'll announce all of that on social media, so be, keep, be aware on social media. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook, um, and, uh, and we will make sure that you get that. Hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving, you can go ahead and prepare that. I have some good news of great joy to share with you all. I, um, I, I, I'm surprised I got through this message with this good news. Hey, um, can we turn off those lights real quick, and then I'm going to show you all video. Y'all know, those of you who know me, if it's your first time, I'm sorry, I'm like a huge crybaby, but um, let's hit those lights and all right. Church, hope you're having an amazing Sunday. Hey, I have some amazing news for you today. Two years ago when we moved to this area to begin Valley Rise Church, we searched desperately for a building to call home. We ended up in Klein Oak High School and now in Hofius where you are right at this moment, but we haven't stopped searching for the perfect building to call home for Valley Rise Church. Today, I come to you with the amazing news that we have found a home to call Valley Rise Church. Hey, I can't wait to show you, come with me. Okay. 
this one. We are right on the corner of Dowdall and Kirkendall, and they've just built these buildings. More of you have texted me and said, have you looked at these buildings? And I didn't even want to tell you the whole time we've been in negotiations trying to figure out if there was a way to get us in here. Today, we have found a way to get us into this building. When you walk in here, this will be a huge open lobby with restrooms at the end. This will be a whole kids section with four rooms for your kids to be able to be safe, to be able to be comfortable, and for us to be able to put more things in there than we could ever provide where we are currently. Over here will be a 200 plus seat auditorium as we continue to see God change the lives of the families that call this region home. Hey, I am so thankful for how far you've allowed Valley Rise Church to go. I know that this is the next phase of what God wants to do through us. It doesn't happen without you. As we build this legacy, you are all putting your name on a brick that is going into building something that will outlast all of us. It is such an honor to do it with you. If all goes according to plan, and I'm praying it will, we should be able to move into this building on January 26th when we celebrate our two-year anniversary. Hey, I am so thankful that we have found a place for Valley Rise to call home. Let's all partner our faith together as we see God do something amazing. I love you, Valley Rise Church. Hey, let's celebrate what God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.